Welcome to our CyberWise Chats, where we talk about the challenges of raising and teaching digital kids. I'm Diana Graber, author of Raising Humans in a Digital World and founder of CyberWise and CyberCivics. Join every episode with Dr. Pamela Rutledge, who's the director of the Media Psychology Research Center. Our always lively conversations tackle topics like cyberbullying, screen time, TikTok, and everything in between. We've got some great guests and promise each chat will give you the tips, tricks, and confidence you need to help kids use technology safely and wisely. Hi everyone, we're live on uh, a couple different places here in our webinar and also on our Facebook page. Um, let me just move some things around here. I got lots of stuff happening. How's everyone doing today? Great. 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 So welcome to our CyberWise chat. Um, today we're gonna talk about something very exciting, a cancel culture. But first let me introduce who's here to my, this side. <laughs> yeah, I can. I'm going to do that, that thing. Uh, Dr. Pamela <laughs> Rutledge, who's the director of the Media Psychology Research Center. Um, just below her, we're excited to have back Rick Andrioli, who's the editor-in-chief of Parentology, which is a great site in case you haven't checked it out. Um, and below me, we have Arias Collins, who just rushed in from teaching a class. Um, and she will. she's our um, community manager at CyberWise, and she'll be manning our chat box. So if you have any questions today, make sure that you ask them to us. So welcome. Um, I'm actually excited about this topic that was recommended by Rick, thank you. And I've got a little background here, I've got it written down, so apologize for looking this way. Um, so we're gonna talk about this phenomenon called cancel culture, which I'm sure most of you have heard the term. However, I learned by doing a little research that only about 50% of Americans really understand what it means. So I'll do a very quick definition. Um, it's when a person or brand is called out for a certain behavior or belief. Um, they are, in effect, punished or canceled as retribution for that behavior. So a person might be blocked or silenced on social media, or in real life, they might lose a job or other opportunity. In the case of a business, they might be boycotted. In the case of kids, they might get shut out of their social groups, either on social media or sometimes even in real life. So that's a very succinct definition that we're going to really dive into today. But I want to give you a real life um, example that you may have heard of. Uh, about the Mandalorian actress, Gina Carano. Carano. Um, she was recently fired by Disney after posting on social media that being Republican in 2021 was similar to being Jewish during Nazi Germany. Um, her Hollywood agent dropped her and Hasbro scrapped her Star Wars action figure. So those were the consequences of getting canceled. So um, real quick, before we get into this discussion, I had a real life example that I already shared with this group, but I'll share with you. Um, as some of you may know, I teach cyber civics to middle school students and we were having a class. It was on Zoom and some child uh, gave an opinion that wasn't very popular. And in the chat box, I saw you're canceled. And so I stopped the class and I said, just out of curiosity, do you know what that means? And then the person who posted it said, actually, I have no idea. <laughs> So I thought that was so cute and so, you know, apropos to what we're talking about today, how these cultural things, you know, kids are watching and they pick up on it and sometimes they start using it and it has ramifications and they don't even know why. So I'd like to talk about that today. Um, all right. So let's start with you, Pam. Um, if, for okay. those of you who don't know, Pam wrote a great article that you can find on Parentology about cancel culture. 
telling us in essence that this is nothing new, this behavior. So can you explain that, Pam, a little deeper? Well, sure. Um, Cancel culture has a long heritage. People have always used public shaming to control others' behaviors. Now, it has been used also in positive ways, in turn, like the civil rights movements, to boycott things, to raise attention to things. But what, as we were talking about a little bit earlier, there's also a heritage of canceling that comes out of fan behavior. So related to various kinds of fan groups where they don't like an actor or they don't like an actress or they don't like the way something is cast and they sort of rally their troops together to try and create change, to try and stop someone from acting or to force recasting. So all of these things have come into this big melting pot these days, which is part of the reason why your students really don't understand what it is because it now has so many definitions. It's become almost a meme, you know, to cancel someone. And, and we're just seeing it everywhere. Um, and so social media has really changed the definition through the speed and amplification of the process. Right. And I know, Rick, you have covered it in various different ways on parentology. Um, so you always have your finger on the pulse of kind of the most, <laughs> you know, the biggest and most uh, flagrant examples of this thing. Can you give us some? Yeah. So, so there's also, there's two sides of it as well. There's call out culture, which is where you just call somebody out. And that's more about what Pam's talking about in terms of political activism. Canceling is where you go the step further, which is like, okay, I've called you out. You're not doing what I want or what I think is appropriate. And now I'm going to try to get retribution, which, you know, so the Gina Carano was the example you gave. And she had been, she had been called out for a lot of her behavior for some anti-trans statements she'd made. Um, and then it all culminated in that moment where she compared being a Republican to being a, a Jew in Nazi Germany. Um, but similarly, like uh, Helena Duke, we posted this, we reposted it onto the Parentology website this morning. She was the young woman who wanted to go to some of the uh, Black Lives Matter protests and her mom wouldn't let her because those protests were too violent is what the mom said. And then the girl is on social media and sees her mom and uncles in the Capitol riots where they were storming the Capitol building. And so she called out her mom on social media, on Twitter, and posted the photo and literally like says like, hey mom, you know how you said Black Lives Matter protests were too violent? How's that working out for you? You know, something along those lines. <laughs> like, so that's sort of the, the call out, canceling her own parent kind of thing. And then there are more extreme examples uh, like Pam was talking about in fan culture, Kelly Marie Tran, who is the Asian American actress who was in the last two Star Wars movies, fans for one reason or another just didn't like her. And so they decided to cancel her, but she didn't do anything politically wrong. She didn't do anything that offensive. She didn't say anything racist, uh, but for some reason, a group of fans didn't like her. So they decided to cancel her. And that's where cancel culture kind of turns into cyberbullying because they're sending horrific things about her race, about her weight, her looks, her acting, all of these things against this poor woman. And she never had, she had never done anything to warrant that. That's such a great point that cancel culture happens without evidence because mm -hmm. people are so reactive. There was uh, an incident at a college where a professor, students saw a professor uh, attending a Back the Blue rally. He wasn't chanting, he wasn't carrying a sign. He was interested in hearing their side of the argument because he hadn't heard any. He was trying to figure out, make sense of this whole, how could people be against each other? 
But this spread among the student body and the students started dropping his class. And so now he has no students in his class. So he was tried before proven guilty. Mm -hmm. So I think that there's a big emotional reactive thing that's going on. I think it's exacerbated by COVID because everybody's at home angry anyway. Uh, so I think that that's such a great example of the of, from Star Wars is people just venting. Yeah. So there's so many things going on here that I hope that we get time to address. And just so uh, people watching know, we're going to post this at the end and also give you takeaways for parents on how to help kids make sense of all this. But I did want to share one email we got because it really touches on something. Well, two things that I think are super important. So here's what we got. What do you make of the language that is being used when people use the word cancel? It seems to imply that people are merely characters on shows, or perhaps that the actions and beliefs of a per particular person can be thought of as a show that might be canceled at any moment. Do you think this comes from a general lack of meaningful engagement with digital forms of media, i.e. being a passive recipient of a TV show rather than actively analyzing and coming to understand what a particular show may reflect about culture, politics, identity? Thank you. That comes from Adib Syed, who's a learning experience designer. There's so many great points that he touched on here. And, you know, the lack of critical thinking, which is something I think about a lot, especially teaching cyber civics, and also the fact of being a consumer rather than a participant in our media. So I'm not, I'm not going to agree with that. Really? Well, tell me what you think about that. Right. Because what we're seeing is people thinking they do have some participation. Yeah. In other words, if they were passive victims or if, the, you know, passive audience, they wouldn't be reacting in this kind of way, yeah. but they see evidence all yeah. the time yeah. that these sort of mob events can make change, but for better, for worse, for legitimate or not. And so you see even staged cancels, right? With a, in the beauty YouTube world, right? When uh, James Charles and Taddy Westerbrook and they, you know, hated each other. And then all the fans started canceling each other, you know, yeah, the other team and, I mean, it's, it's possible to do this as a consumer too. Like you watch, think about before we had social media, you watch a TV show you didn't like, you write a letter, you tell your friends and you all stop watching it. So nothing's changed. It's just so dynamic right now because we all have these little things in our hands where the minute we don't like something, we have an action that we can take. And a lot of times though, jumping off of what Pam said, um, it's this is and this is the challenge I think with young people is that if you who I like tell me that Arius, for example, is against something that I believe in, I won't look into it. I'm not going to contact her. I'm not going to even Google it. I'm just going to start canceling her and re I'll retweet what you two have said because it's a fact. Yeah. And that's you know th there's an interesting study that was done. Shoot, I wish I had this prior to the call, but I can look it up. Um, that more young people get their news and facts off of social media, like TikTok and Snapchat, than any other source, than a le legitimate news source, and they won't Google to find that. Yeah, trying to, I, we're trying to fix that through cyber civics. <laughs> and and you'll see those you'll, you'll see those numbers on the Pew Research Center yeah. website uh, where they're really tracking that kind of sourcing. Yeah. It's. Um, and, and I see Arius's eyeballs going back and forth between the chat box. Do we have anything that we need to address? Oh, no. The um, creator of the question is here and was just saying thank you for oh, and responding. Right. So happy to have him here. 
Yeah. So I, I want to touch the second part of the question because I think it's the most important part and it's the lack of critical thinking skills, which Rick just you know mentioned. And I think that is like a critical call right now. We need to help kids understand how to be critical evaluators of all the stuff that they're seeing on social media and to dig deeper and to not just take a message at face value, but to find out who the author is and where they posted it and what their background is. I think that I mean, I'm not the only one to just ring a bell on how urgent it is to teach kids these skills. So I think that is what we're seeing here with the whole cancel culture phenomenon. And teaching it in some system like you all are doing is so important because the last thing kids are hardwired to do when they're teens is to stop and think if they're feeling peer pressure, right? The social influence, being part of the gang, being one of the guys, all of those things are very important in a very strong, instinctive, emotional way. So expecting a kid to go, "Hmm, well, my best friend said, and to stop and think is unreasonable. They have to get in the practice. Yeah. And you know that the other part of that too is, and what we always try to do with these talks is remember, this is just a tool. It's how we use it. And every time there's a bad example of how somebody uses it, there's a great example of how it's used. And the same thing exists with cancel culture. And I know, Rick, you can probably give us examples of when cancel culture has been a really wonderful thing. Yeah. So, um, well, okay. I don't know why Disney seems to be picked on so much, but uh, there was a whole thing, uh, issue that was raised around the live action Mulan movie because Parts of the film were shot in areas, uh, I'm going to mess this up, um, but areas that are under conflict with um, social rights people uh, regarding the Muslim Uyghurs. Thank you. That was the, I couldn't come up with it. Um, and and so they started, now they started saying, you know, Ban Mulan was the hashtag that came out of that. But um it, but that raised awareness about something that I'm sure a lot of young people had no idea about unless their parents listen to NPR or something about what's going on in China, because you had to figure out why people were saying ban Mulan. Um, similarly, you know, the Me Too movement was kind of the big, yeah. big one where it rallied a bunch of young people over social media, the George Floyd protests. Um, it's used very, very much with the climate change, with the youth climate change movement. All of them are using social media and call out culture, cancel culture as a means of giving people focus and where to, where to direct energy. Right. Can you think of examples where it's been used in positive ways? Yeah. I was going to add that um, when Jada Pinkett Smith and Will Smith boycotted the Oscars with the hashtag Oscars so white, mm-hmm. that, that, that really took off and that, you know, they essentially boycotted the, the Oscars canceled their membership, so to speak, at least for that year. Uh, but there was material change. Uh, and who, who knows how much it was directly, res- you know, came from that, but or just the raise awareness. But uh, 2019, the Oscars had uh, a record number of, of people of color in the nominees instead of the all white slate yeah. that it had been the year before. So uh, calling people out, asking for accountability is really important. It's the same message you give your kids, being accountable for what you say and how it sort of reverberates through society, you know, big things, little things, but, but they all have consequences. Right. Um, I love taking a look at the ways it can be used positively and giving kids agency and making change for things that are important. 
But again, it calls to those critical thinking skills to help a child really think through what that means and how to get to that point. Um, and, and really why we wanted to gather today is because we've all seen, unfortunately, how sometimes cancel culture can start turning into cyberbullying. Um, how can a parent recognize those signs? And I, I might just start by saying when we teach cyberbullying, we tell parents and kids that it's identifiable by four distinct characteristics. It's online, it's harmful, it's repeated, and it's intentional. And sadly, when I look at you know kids canceling each other, it meets that same criteria. So do you agree with I that, think, Pam? I think the intent, word intention is really a good one. Because especially when you're talking about something that could be a calling out for some kind of social justice versus canceling, which is, in my mind, sort of a bullying angle, um, is, is to say to the kid, what is it that this person is trying to get done? It's the same with like, what's the agenda of the guy selling soap, you know, or giving me that ad? Why are they doing this? What are they hoping to accomplish? Is that the best way of doing it? Right. It's pretty clear that somebody who's just saying mean things to another person doesn't have a very clear positive outcome in terms of social change. So right. that's a way to make that very material for kids is to try and look at the intention. Yeah. And, and Rick, I know you had some specific examples of kids who had been canceled and what happened to them. Um, or was well, that one of you put some examples? I put of something. Yeah, yeah, I was like. I was like, oh, wow. Well, right? your face, that wasn't you. <laughs> I was like, uh, I better fake this really quick. Um, well, you know, being in the field of psychology, I hear a lot about the negatives of social media because, of course, let's face it, people who are therapists have a self-selected population. It's people who, you know, need help. That makes sense. But there are a lot of instances of kids who get canceled because they're teens. It's so immediate. It's not canceling because of some kind of social cause. It's turns into bullying and it's sustained and they become totally excluded from this sort of social environment leads to depression, you know, all kinds of things that can be very serious. And in some cases has even led to kids trying to take their own lives. The terrible thing about the fact that it gets labeled as canceling is that there's this kind of moral righteousness that goes along with the people who are canceling. Well, he once mentioned the word, you know, whatever word it was that he mentioned and that's bad. No redemption. You know, sorry, prodigal son, you're canceled, right? Yeah. And and so it's, but they they think they're doing good somehow, and that lesson really needs to go through, which I know you all teach. Give yeah. credit for that. So, so that's such a great point. And Arias, I'm gonna just take a breather here and see if we have any questions that you want us to address as we keep no, going. You're oh, good. Going. I'll I'll <laughs> jump in. Okay. <laughs> if right. there is. Well, the yeah. one, one question, too, that I think is interesting to ask a young person is, what's the point of this canceling you've been asked to do? Is there a point or is it purely to just poke at somebody? So that's one thing. The other side is, what happens when the person does an apology? So, so um, for example, RuPaul got a lot of flack in the a uh, couple of years ago on RuPaul's Drag Race because he was using terms that were antiquated and offensive to the current transgender community, but they, when he was younger and in the scene, they were fine. And so he apologized and they made changes to the show. But to this day, um, he still gets crucified by certain people on social media because of things that they did in the past that the production has corrected. So, so 
we need, I feel like we need to teach kids like, okay, if you say I'm sorry and it's genuine and they're trying to be better, is that enough? Yeah. No kid wants to keep, my mom used to do this. I'll whisper it in case she's hearing. No, um, uh, you know, I, I did something. I remember doing something wrong when I was in elementary I, school. I'm, tweeting, I'm live tweeting this to her. So, Oh my God, if she could figure out Twitter, <laughs> God bless. Um, but, but the thing was, was she kept bringing it up and bringing it up. And I remember one day saying to her, I said, I was sorry. Would you stop that? And it was this first time that I felt like I had a voice to her and I don't think she realized like what she was doing, but it's that poking like, oh, you did, look, you can't keep hitting a person, the, the dog on the nose for something it did if it's now potty trained, you know, mm-hmm. that's a really bad analogy. But, yeah. but it kind of, you know, like that started me thinking about what we talked about earlier is all of this is really about empathy, right? Like mm-hmm. people make mistakes all the time. And when you're a kid, you make mistakes and that's your job is to test new ideas and beliefs and words and see how they fly. Mm -hmm. And when other kids jump on that and make a quick judgment, it's not allowing that growth to happen. And it's certainly not being an empathetic, caring person. And so I think all of this goes back to that very elemental thing. Treat others as like you'd like to be treated. Give them a chance to speak. Don't jump all over them for something they might've said in jest or as a mistake or to just try a feeling on. So yeah, I, and I, I have a, oh, go ahead. Uh, is that okay? There's just yeah, a, yeah. a great question that I think would help kind of flesh out the conversation. Um, so the question is, where's the line? If we don't cancel a racist or transphobic comment per se, what do we do instead to raise awareness? So if you guys could speak to that, that would be wonderful. That's, a, that's, the, that's the doctor's question, Dr. Pam. <laughs> <laughs> you have to speak up. You just have to do it in a way that takes responsibility for owning it. In other words, you aren't calling them out. You're not saying they're a bad person, just like you don't do with kids, right? You don't label, you teach and say, this is a problem. Here's why it's a problem. You know, I'm no longer buying your book because of this. I hope you can change. I hope you can address this. No one ever changes because they were shamed, right? It doesn't work. When you attack someone, they defend and they entrench. If you want people to change, you have to meet them where they are and show them why it's a problem. It's so important to understand all this fighting, all this conflict is all that's doing is making a bigger, a bigger division. And sadly, I think kids are watching adults do this. We're so like on both sides of the aisle and we can't seem to find compromise anywhere. And so it's so hard to teach these lessons to kids when the examples they see are telling them the exact opposite. For sure. And when they fear that they'll get canceled by being an upstander. Yeah. Yeah. We have a, we have another um, question. How do we get people to understand that things were different when we were younger and what we may have said or done 20 years or so ago did not reflect who we are today? It's funny. I'm going to let Rick jump in here in a second, but I just keep thinking about how it's so important to keep teach kids about digital reputation, which is really that speaks to that once you put something online, it stays online forever. So you're impacting their reputation of whoever you're calling out, but also your own reputation as somebody who's just jumps on other people, you know, and in 20 years that might embarrass you. So another great reason for kids to really be taught that what you put online stays online forever. Think before you post. What do you think about that, Rick? 
Yeah, the, you know, it's interesting because this happened last year uh, during the, it, it happened uh, around the George Floyd protests, but uh, I think it was Viacom. I, networks were hiring private investigators to go into their celebrities' previous Twitter feeds and Instagram and, and whatnot to see if they had started saying anything uh, racist, tra transphobic, homophobic. And, you know, it became a big thing where, um, uh, the big, probably one of the most notable in terms of mainstream was the actor uh, Hartley Sawyer, who played uh, a character on the Flash TV show, was fired for making uh, sexist, racist jokes on his Twitter. And they had been wiped, but of course people can take screenshots because the internet is forever. Um, the woman who, why can't I think of her name, uh, who did Dance Moms, Abby Lee Miller, you know, she got canceled by Lifetime because of her racist comments. And a lot of the characters on Vanderpump Rules, uh, Bravo had to do a big cleaning on a lot of their shows with talent. So, you know, that is the big lesson, I guess, to some young people is that there are ramifications. Like, thank God, you know, when, you know, I would try out stuff when I was starting stand-up comedy back in the day and the stupid things I said. And I'm like, oh, Rick, white boy, that's a racist joke. And you didn't realize it at the time because you're living in your own entitled ignorance, you know? Yeah. And kids are in, kids need to go through that period where they do do stupid things and make mistakes. And it's unfortunate when they're calling out and counseling one another for doing something that's so normal and typical for being an adolescent. Yeah, I think the only way you can you can address that is by trying to get kids to think about if they make a mistake, would they like to be given another chance? Would they yeah. like to to learn to do something better? And, and and try and keep it away from social media when you're using the example. You know, you forgot to feed the dog. You know, would, shall I throw away the dog or would you like another chance? <laughs> and, <laughs> well, yeah, you get my point, but. <laughs> We're going to have PETA coming after us right now, Pam. Okay. Yeah, they're going to cancel. Yeah, but what, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> I was trying to use an example that would take it away from social media where <laughs> a kid would actually have some emotional attachment to if, if they wasn't their own sense of growth, which is you know unusual at the age of 10 or 12 or 16 even, uh, to something they care about and understanding that, that people make mistakes and that you can change and you can do things over where there, we're not allowing people to do that in social media. And I think that's where this is also dangerous is that we are not educating. I'm all for calling people out. I'm all for standing up for what you believe in. I'm all for boycotting the products that you don't you know, believe in and support, but make sure well, whatever the message is that you're modeling the kind of behavior you wanna see in your kids so that they're sticking to values, they're sticking to the reasons why something, and they're not just getting personal. First yeah. rule of arguing, don't, you know, it's not about being personal, it's about the behavior. Yeah, and so having this conversation makes me think that when this is over and I post the video, I'm also gonna share a lesson from cyber civics that is so powerful that parents can use with their kids called uh, Real People, Real Feelings just as a reminder to kids that behind every screen is a real person with real feelings. So hopefully that'll be helpful because I think that is what is the root at the root of all, sure. a lot of this, especially mm -hmm. for children. Um, and I, there was another question actually that came in and they asked us not to share their name, but the question was what to do if your kid is the counselor. Okay. 
but it's a legit one because it's not like this is happening magically out there, right. you know? Yeah. Right. So what would you do, Rick, if it was your kid that was the counselor? Well, you from, cancel him. I cancel him. <laughs> I kick the kid out. What? No, the, um, I mean, I think it, it, God, it comes back to the old mom teaching you the Catholic stuff, you know, doing unto others. Right. And the notion that you're not fallible or you're not infallible. Sorry. You're not infallible. You make mistakes. And if we, you know, didn't let you to, if we didn't forgive and let you learn and grow, then how fair would that be to you? So you need to be able to give that to somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what you, what you just described there is a parent who is communicating, not lecturing. Yeah. That, that anytime you see a problem behavior with a kid, first of all, you need to find out why this is going on. Nothing happens in a vacuum. You know, maybe they want to be cool with their friends. Uh, you know, maybe there's, you know, they're feeling bad about themselves. Maybe they're mad because they can't see their friends right now, but have a conversation to talk through what it is they think they're accomplishing. I mean, Rick, you made that point earlier that it's the goal, you know, what do they think they're trying to do? And, you know, and if, if they just want to feel more powerful, you know, if they just don't like the person, then you need to take some steps, monitor the situation and make sure that they start doing exactly what you're talking about. Diana's having exercises in empathy or doing unto others or however you want to frame that where you try and create situations where you're switching it way better than the example with the dog so that they're seeing the other side. And, you know, what I always tell students when things like this come up is as much as possible, face-to-face communication is pretty awesome. Like it's a great way to solve problems before you try to hash them out online. It's not permanent. You're not going to, it's not going to come back to haunt you. So that's number one. Number two is just how to be an upstander. And again, what we tell students is like being an upstander doesn't mean you have to go to the bully or the counselor and have a confrontation. It means you can give a kind word to the person who's the target, or it means you can tell a trusted adult and ask for help, or it means that you can report it to the network where it's happening. So there's lots of ways to be an upstander that are, you know, not so scary for a kid. And to teach a child how to do that is hugely beneficial because they'll be able to use that again and again throughout their online life. So. Yeah. And people don't learn things overnight, right? They'll get it a little bit right one time or maybe a little bit wrong one time. But the important thing is to practice it and to understand that that's the right course of behavior and to, to sort of support the right actions, even if it didn't quite turn out right. Right. And as you can see here, we've covered so many topics that kids need to know about critical thinking, uh, what is cyberbullying, how to be an upstander, empathy. I mean, these are all different and specific lessons that build together to help a kid learn how to be a wonderful digital citizen. And person. Yeah. So, all right. The last thing we have on here are a bunch of takeaways for parents. We have covered most of them. Can you two think of any that we have not? You know, one thing that I don't think this is on here, but it, in the course of the conversation, Cyber Civics has that uh, document on being able to spot fake news. Is it credible, real, something, something? Uh, yeah. I didn't want to say, but it's, is it crap, right? It, like, <laughs> that's the... You can say it. <laughs> okay. Um, but I think that would be an important thing for us to give to parents as well, because you can apply those same lessons sorry for the people who don't know, it's, it's four ways to look at a news story 
to determine if it's real or fake news. But I think the same thing can be applied to a canceling. Mm -hmm. So, uh, okay, you're asking me to cancel somebody. Well, is the canceling credible? Is, you know, is this a real thing? Yeah, Yeah. who's the author? Where are they from? Do they have reputable credentials? What's the purpose? What's the point? Do they have a point of view? All those things you can, you're right. You can apply it to this, anything you see online so that you're not just sharing things without understanding what it is. That's Mm -hmm. so powerful too, because what you're doing when you do 